Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast, a show for accountants and bookkeepers using cloud technology to make their jobs more strategic and impactful. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. So David, how was your week off? Week off? It was good. It was good. I, uh, I basically drove across New York State. I uh, started in Buffalo, went up to New- Niagara Falls, went to the Albany area, and then drove the rest of the way to New York City and flew out of New York City. So I followed the whole Erie Canal, essentially. I was Actually, I took a boat tour. I was in the Erie Canal. I took a little riverboat uh, historical tour. I visited uh, Frank Lloyd Wright House. So I really checked out. And uh, I know a lot. The world kept going on, but I really tried to avoid, you know, checking in anything too much. Yeah, well, it was. I'm glad you took a week off. But while you were gone, some earth-shattering news dropped uh, in the world of accounting technology. Stephen Kelly was ousted as the SAGE CEO. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's such a strong word. It's interesting that they uh, led with that on the... Well, yeah, unlike um, Rod Drury of Zero and... um, uh, Brad Smith. (laughs) Brad Smith of Intuit, uh, Stephen Kelly was forced out. He did not voluntarily uh, leave uh, on his own accord. Um, He was unceremoniously dumped overnight by the board. One thing that that struck me in all the stories that came out about this is the uh, chairman of the board of Sage Group saying that... We need a CEO who has SaaS in his veins. So clearly, after four years, the board is not happy with the progress that Sage has made moving from desktop on-premises applications into the cloud. I think they're feeling a lot of pressure from zero, especially in the UK, on their um, smaller segment of the market they serve. I mean, it's it's tough for them, right? They, they make ERP products. They're the third largest ERP seller in the world after Oracle and SAP, but they also have products that are for small businesses. And they're just having a really, really hard time making the leap. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's hard to do everything, right? And I, and I remember when, so this had to be 2015 uh, at Sleater Conference, I think it was still called Sleater Conference then, which is now the Account Tech USA. And they, uh, in his keynote, they're about all the stuff Sage is going to do. They're going to they're going to go SaaS. They're going to have apps. They're going to have a thousand apps on their marketplace and all this type of stuff. And it was kind of Intuit's um, line in the sand, November of 2013, like two years. You know, so, so they're kind of at the party two years late, a little bit there. But they also trying to do too much. Like when we declared that that was the future, or and we sorry, I'm saying we sometimes about Intuit, but when Intuit declared that as a future, right? They only did they they really cut back. Like hey. QuickBooks Online's one product's the priority. Right. Right. And Sage has seven products. And then they, in the meantime, also in this time, they bought Intact, right? Mm -hmm. So they do have an amazing SaaS product for enterprise, but it's really hard to do everything for all all the spaces at once. And we talked about this with Matt Paff a couple weeks ago, I think, as well. Yep, we did. And uh, the Sage, the Sage um, Intact or the Intact acquisition was a good move for Sage. And the, the stock price rallied after that. But like they, the, the big failure was they, and I, I never tried it, so I'm not sure what it actually looked like, but they tried building their own cloud product very quickly for small businesses to compete with, you know, Xero and QuickBooks Online. And it, it was, I guess, considered a failure, right? Um, and then they also, they also did some weird things, like they tried to take their desktop software and make it like a subscription-based pricing model. So, that, like, imagine QuickBooks Desktop and having to pay for it monthly. And they, well, Intuit does that, actually. Right. But I think Intuit, for sure, they do that. But that's yeah. optional, right? Like, and I think Sage started forcing people onto the subscription plan, and it did not go over well. They raised their prices at the same time. They were trying to compete with zero. So, like, definitely a lot of issues at the company. And um, something like 30 executives 
turned over under Kelly's management. So like senior executives, and that's, you know, obviously scary for the board, right? Yeah, I think uh, they that was his mandate, right? When he, they, they even said to them in the article, like he, he was going to shake the company up. Right. Maybe right. it was more than they could handle. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, it's But it's big news. I mean, this is now, I mean, we were talking about the, uh, you know, this transition from Cloud Accounting 1.0 to Cloud Accounting 2.0. So now you have Rajuri, Brad Smith, and now Stephen Kelly. So all th- three of the, the CEOs have all now are no longer in the space. Yep. Right. And so it's like, it's like, I think I tweeted, like, we can officially call an, an end to Cloud Accounting 1.0. Um, we are now in the next, uh, the next phase of this. I think you even had you mentioned quickly, you had some article that kind of even reinforces that even more, right? So I've got this article that I read in Accounting Web called Why Technology Won't Hurt Client Relationships by Deanna Ortega. Uh, a lot of stats in here that are really interesting, um, stuff that's going to be familiar to anyone who's been doing cloud for a while, but one stat in particular stu- uh, stuck out to me. And it's that uh, employees in firms that provide complex business advisory services as opposed to just compliance they spend about eight hours each month educating themselves about new business apps, which is double the amount of time that employees at compliance-focused firms spend looking and educating themselves about new apps. So eight hours versus four hours, that's a pretty dramatic difference. And I, I imagine the, the amount of training that they're, the effort they're putting in is also different. Um, I've done some webinars on like CPA Academy and you can, you know, you can, you know, if they're from big firms or if they're from tax or if they're doing uh, client advisory services and small business type stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can tell because the way they, um, answer the survey questions, cause well, you, you'll pop surveys, like, do you have any small business clients? And there's like, no, no, no. And it's almost where they're just taking these class, they are taking training, but they're almost just taking it to quickly get the CPE credit. Yep. Right. So, so even though the time, I, the I think that the ratio maybe even be understated some. Yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm sure in the most um, cloud focused firms, it's quite a lot of time. It could be way more than one day a month. And so, what do you think drives that? Are our accountant or accountants and bookkeepers that have a, that do client uh, advisory services? Is it all about them just constantly trying to be more efficient, more efficient, more efficient, more efficient, uh, automated processes? Um, you know, stop at that manual data entry. Is that kind of what's driving that? Or is it just, there's so many new apps, yeah. you just can't keep up. No, they have to keep up. I think it's the second thing. I, it's There are so many new features coming out all the time from cloud accounting apps. Case in point is Xero uh, just had their ZeroCon uh, in, uh, I think this was in Brisbane, uh, which is one of the big ones where they have thousands of people attending. And uh, they just announced a ton of new features. And so if you're Using zero for accounting, you'd better learn about these things, right? And it's it's quite a lot. I'll, I'll go through the list for you. So definitely, they've got a new. It's, it's interesting. A lot of the new features in zero are expanding beyond just the core accounting and into more uh, document management or working with clients. Um, this is along the lines of of zero's announcement that they are no longer an accounting solution; they are a business solution, right? So it's interesting because it, like their mantra forever was, "We're just a." A, G- a GL, yeah. Well, it was, right? it wasn't the kind of thing. Beautiful, for a long time where- beautiful accounting software, right? Yep. And now it's beautiful business software is where they're going. So, got it. Um, so here's the new feature. So they've got this new quote files required unquote feature, uh, which allows advisors to identify and collect client documents in one place. It's pretty cool. So instead of emailing, um, I haven't seen how this works, but I'm assuming instead of emailing a client asking for a file, you can do that from within Zero. Uh, they are going to be 
uh, creating a more intuitive invoicing experience, uh, making it easier to invoice customers. So they're rewriting their invoicing uh, module. This one's exciting. Zero email to bills. So this expands on their uh, existing machine learning feature, which uh, in zero. And so if you if you have a bill from a supplier and you forward that to an email address, zero will automatically extract and populate the details from that uh, PDF file uh, into a bill in zero. So this this is very similar, right, to the HubDoc uh, functionality. Yeah, I mean that's really similar to you know half a dozen apps, right? Mm-hmm. I mean you can uh, do that with Bill.com. You can do that with uh, a couple different apps where you can send the bill, and then they'll just extract the data and shove that into. It's just they're building that straight into the uh, accounting system. Yeah, and and so it's not going to be groundbreaking for accountants and bookkeepers because if if you're in the cloud, you're probably already using an app that does this, like say HubDoc, which Zero also just acquired. Interestingly. Um, so I think this will be more of an impact for the business owners who are doing this themselves, right? So uh, I don't have to go out as a business owner and try to find some special app that will do the data entry for me because I'm probably not going to take that effort. But now I've got this functionality uh, in zero. And I've always felt like at, at a base level, the accounting systems are going to do some basic level of what, what apps do, right? Uh-huh. Like. QuickBooks will have just good enough shipping, just good enough inventory, maybe just good enough uh, data capture, things like that. But as soon as you have extra needs, like you have an approver for the bill or you have some extra process, that's when you have to go out and find that next level app, right? But, it, but it's almost uh, like the camera apps on the phone. Yep. They give you enough filters by default to give you that taste. But if you really need extra filters, you need to do a bunch of fancy stuff, you're going to go find uh, another app. That that. But, but you wouldn't know it's possible to do that stuff if you didn't get the taste. Yep. By default. Uh, two more two more things they announced at ZeroCon um, that are interesting to me is um, so now Zero Projects it's their uh, project management or um, uh, module uh, that is which yeah. is extra uh, that is now integrating um, with timesheets so you, you can actually run payroll and have the projects data uh, feed into timesheets and lastly and this is the most exciting thing to me but it actually didn't make the ZDNet article probably because it's so nerdy. It's that Zero is opening up their bank feeds API. So now anyone is going to be able to connect to Zero and push in bank feed information. It's, you're not going to have to wait for Zero to work with a bank to create a feed. The bank can do it themselves. Got it. So the the banks can proactively. There's a set of standards now, and they can create. They can now connect the other direction. In. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting. What's exciting about this too is that I I'm thinking of applications uh, for non-traditional payment services or non-traditional like banking type services. Um, for instance, uh, blockchain. Right. Uh, a blockchain accounting application could now hook up to Zero's bank feed API and send in those transactions as if it's like a bank account for your blockchain wallet, and. We don't have to wait for some bank to figure out how uh, cryptocurrency works and do that for us. Like somebody could write that now, uh, so potentially could accelerate the adoption or the ease of accounting for cryptocurrency, which might make businesses more willing to use it. Yeah, I could see that also with smaller developers that are like startups, these teenier, uh, you know, either they're a credit card based company, they're providing some sort of prepaid credit mm-hmm. card, or they're maybe even a startup bank. And to be honest. Going the other direction, right? There's even, especially in the states, right? There's twenty thousand banks. Yeah, right, right. And financial institutions, and by the time somebody like Intuit gets down to the teeny little bank to integrate with their uh, their bank feed, it's just 
it's just a long road, yeah. right? Versus the other way, like this could actually, it could open up opportunities for smaller banks to get some traction with small businesses. It's interesting yeah, and to watch that one. Another one to think about is Venmo, right? Tons and tons of small business owners, um, service providers are now getting paid via Venmo by all of their customers. That's how my wife pays yep. um, uh, uh, one of our fitness instructors, right? And so Venmo could build a connection to zero to push transactions in via the bank feed. You know, and this is, it's not a bank, right? But it works like a bank account. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, that it was, it'd be interesting to really watch that. That'll be a, uh, definitely something to see. Do they stick to, with it? You know, because building APIs is hard enough for your accounting system, yeah. right? <laughs> building APIs now for your bank feeds is a whole other layer of, of complexity because now it's a different customer base as well. Yep. Right with different demands, and so it'd be interesting to where, see where that goes from a direction. Like, is this a direction where all these banks and the people who have the data are going to go out of their way to build build tech stacks to shove data into accounting systems or not? Yeah, like I think this will be really interesting to watch as, uh, over the next eighteen months or so. I think. So what's next? Um, I have a. Remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about um, there's risk in providing client advisory services. Yes. Uh, we brought that up. Yeah, well, so this yeah, is, you're going to get, you provide more advisory services you provide, the more likely you are to get sued if that's bad advice. Yeah. So I, I think it's actually a whole new layer of just providing any accounting services is risk if there's bad things happening. And uh, an article I found is Kevin Garnett. He's a basketball player. I think he was on the Celtics. Um, he's suing his accountant uh, because he lost $77 million. His wealth manager basically stole $77 million from him. And he's suing his uh, his accountant, the accountant from uh, Wertheim and Welkin CPAs because they kind of turned a blind eye to it. Yep. Like, so, so the fact that they did not actively go out of their way to alert him of this, they're being sued. So they weren't even providing advising services. The fact that they just didn't advise at all. Yep. Put them at risk. Well, and so the I'm sure that the lawyers are now pouring over those engagement letters to find out if the accounting firm disclaimed any liability, right, from uh, providing that kind of assurance or that kind of internal control or or risk management for Kevin Garnett. Yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to watch this one. It's uh, I'm assuming accounting firms, right, are going to be you're insured for these types of thing, events. Yeah. But it almost you start reading the article, and so it's almost implying that they may have even been in cahoots a little bit. Right, like they were in concert with him, but that's that's you know in speculation, and the lawyers will figure all that out. But the fact that not providing any any advising service could actually still get you sued. Yep, you're kind of in a no, a no win situation here. Yeah, it's tough. Any other articles? Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, the top 100 most influential people in accounting list came out. I don't know if you saw that. Paul Ryan makes the list. Donald Trump makes the list. If you're the CEO of a major software company, you probably made the list. And I think for me, is I just scroll through it, um, and I haven't. It'd be interesting to like really run numbers, but it's it, it's a it really speaks to lack of diversity, right? It is a bunch of older white guys. Well, hey, let's say congratulations you know? to Jeannie Whitehouse yeah. for making the list. Our, our podcast guest, and go check out her yeah. episode if you haven't listened to it. So. Um, for being one of the few women who made the list. Congrats. Joda Padar's on there. Yep. Who else is on here? Oh, she's been, been on the podcast too. Um, Sean Stein-Smith, who's in an upcoming episode, he made the, um, uh, what is it, like the runners-up list, which is nice because he's one of the younger folks, I think. Donnie Shimamoto, who also was on the podcast. Yeah, it was interesting. I think they, um, which I don't feel like they've done in previous years when they introduced the list. There's a lot of framing around like the creation of the list this time. So they've been compiling it for two decades 
and that there's all kinds of new areas of influence and there's new influencers, right? And they're trying to balance all that out and it's, it's a difficult, right? Um, and they, t- they think that this might be the most influential ever, but they also can't put everybody on it. So it's a, I imagine it's not easy to, to make a list like this. No, definitely. A, definitely a challenge, and, um, but always fun to read it when it comes out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I quickly see, obviously, you vanity scroll. You check for yourself, right? <laughs> just in well, case. And then I, and I looked for you because it, it is an alphabetical order, which made it very convenient to do that quickly on the phone. That's true. Uh, and David, um, I don't know if our listeners are aware, but you have, you've never made the top 100 list, but you have made that uh, uh, folks to watch list. So. Yes, I did make that a couple of years back. Me and the Microsoft CEO, you know. So you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, like he couldn't make the list either, so I didn't feel uh, <laughs> feel bad about that. I do have to commend Accounting Today, though, on like doing this just as one long web page, because a lot of times people do top 100 lists or they do oh, top this, yeah. and yeah. they put each yeah. person as a separate page. You got to click. It's like a BuzzFeed article or something, yep. just so they get like more clicks. And nobody has patience for that. So it's nice that, hey, this is all on one page. You can read the article. You can scroll through. You're not clicking and clicking because you lose interest. Like after like 10 in a row, you're not going to click to whoever is 97. Mm-hmm. But now you can just scroll through the list and see everybody at once. It's really uh, – I have to commend accounting today for you know making good judgment um, on behalf of the reader so it's easy to read the article. It's not an SEO play. Hey, well, I'm a little late with this article, but <clears throat> I thought I would um, shout it out because I'm always talking about the unemployment rate, the difficulty – uh, hiring accountants, all that good stuff. And uh, the stat I've been using for a long time is from the uh, first quarter. And uh, I'm happy to report that now Robert Half is out with the accountant unemployment rate for Q2, or at least they were back in July. Um, so it really hasn't changed that much. It's at uh, 2% in the second quarter of 2018, still way lower than the 4% national unemployment rate. So uh, accountants and auditors, 2% unemployment if you're thinking about jumping ship and looking for a new job, probably a good time to do that. And um, by the way, if you're a financial manager, which it's a very broad category because this is based on the Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, and they don't you know break down job titles more than that, but financial managers include controllers, CFOs, that sort of thing, um, people in a management role in accounting or finance, that unemployment rate is 0.8% in Q2. 0.8%. Might as well be nothing. So a great... Outlook job prospects for financial managers and their staff. Oh, that's good. I can actually add on to that. There's an article I found about how blockchain uh, is disrupting the enterprise and accounting, enterprise finance and accounting departments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at some level the article is a little bit of high level about accounting and, and or sorry about blockchain and how it's a little going. You know, it's turning mainstream a little bit. But the real key is to tie it back to your article here. Is at the bottom. They're talking about candidates that show any cryptocurrency experience. Are 10% more likely to get a first round interview. Really? So it's time to, uh, yeah, like you probably need to get some crypto or blockchain experience, a training, sort of, I don't even know if you can get certification. You probably want to start having that in your resume. So, yes, even though there's the job market is really in the favor of the job seekers right now, but to set you apart from other one people that are probably searching, it's probably wise to try to get some sort of cryptocurrency or, uh, blockchain or um there's no enough to be able to put it on your resume right like your excel skills yes uh wait so what what was the number you said they're extrapolating this a little bit from a different survey focused on e-trading execution Mm -hmm. they've seen a shift there already where people that have some background in blockchain cryptocurrency etc are much are 10 percent more likely to get a a first round job interview so now i found it so it says 
um, successful trading experience in cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin trading are 25% more likely to get a first-round interview. That's what you said before. 25%? 25%, yeah. Oh, so I was actually, they have two paragraphs. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, yeah, it, and then they have another paragraph that says the same thing, but with 10%. <laughs> well, um, and there's another stat in this article. It's quite a, quite a long one um, uh, that said that uh, according to an, a recent survey, um, 50% of financial leaders say blockchain will be part of their business transactions in the next five years. 50% say blockchain will be part of their business transactions. So uh, it will not only give you a 25% chance, 25% better chance of getting a first round interview, having experience in crypto, uh, you'd better have that experience because you know it might be part of your job in the next five years. Crazy. So I think the start, and I mean, I've not done it yet either. I've been saying I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll try to do that. Is like, I guess, just get a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin, I guess, and a Bitcoin wallet, and then try to buy something on the internet with it and see how it goes. I guess that's sign the, up for a Coinbase account. Send me some money, David. Maybe we can do it that way. We'll create a <laughs> we'll create an account, and people can give money to us. Yeah, there you go. If you want to um, support the Cloud Accounting Podcast, send money to this Bitcoin wallet. Yeah, the, we'll try it. Way to do we'll it. see if anyone does it. But yeah, so I think the takeaway here is yes. Blockchain is disrupting the, our world, right? Enterprise finance and accounting departments. But the, the real takeaway is like you can differentiate yourself by just having a teeny bit yeah. of experience in this at this point. So everybody should go out and uh, maybe this weekend uh, create a blockchain wallet. Sounds good. Well, David, uh, that's all the time I've got for this week. If folks want to connect with you online, where's the best place for them to do that? Um, Twitter definitely is uh, at David Leary. And um, I'm still... Still using LinkedIn a little bit more, I've noticed. So uh, on LinkedIn, I'm also David Leary. Great. Yeah. Connect with me at Blake T. Oliver on Twitter and um, and LinkedIn as well. Feel free to follow me or connect with me. And then you have your, your, you're still sending out your weekly newsletter. So those of you who haven't subscribed to that, they should subscribe to that. Yes. Um, um, and by the way, that has changed slightly. So the title is, uh, it used to be called Cloud Accounting Weekly. It's now going to be called Own Your Clothes, as in financial clothes. Uh, and that's uh, that's my newsletter for management accountants, and and so we're going to be. I personally am going to be focusing more of the pure cloud accounting uh, nerd talk here on the podcast with you, David, because I'm having so much fun doing that. And uh, it'll still be an element of the newsletter, but just uh, one one part of it. Um, you know, in addition to management, regulation, all the stuff that controllers and need to know that sort of thing, uh, but with not such a heavy focus. So I'm going I'm to save all my good stuff for you, David. Uh, I'm, I'm so honored. Hey, did uh, everything settle down with your uh, drama and the, uh, the the neighbor? Yeah, my neighbor is out on bail, and uh, he's hanging out, you know, and everything's back to normal. So, do you guys go to your back fence and talk to each other? Yeah, you know, I checked in. Hey, I checked in with him. You know, um, uh, it's you know, it's it's been a great opportunity to get to know my neighbor a little bit better. Um, you know, uh, sometimes the FBI can bring communities together. Oh, and on that note, we should close this down. That was beautiful. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, David. <laughs>